This is Matt Woodley with Monday Morning Preacher, our third season of Monday Morning Preacher, in which we take one facet of preaching the Word of God, dive deep into it, and try to inspire preachers to preach the Word of God to build up the church. And I am here with our guest host, Kevin Miller. Yeah, good to be back, Matt. We uh, missed you last season, Kevin. Sorry, there was a budget cut there, but it is awesome to have you back. I think by missed me, you meant kicked me to the curb. But I'm glad to see you've realized your ways of error and are crawling back now. We uh, Our our views plummeted, and now we're we're excited to get you back. It's great to be back. It is great to have you. So uh, I'm going to talk today about preaching pressure, bad preaching pressure. Um, Let me tell you about a recurring nightmare that I have. By recurring, I don't mean every night, but, you know, maybe every other month. Okay. I have have this, you told your shrink about this? I, I have. And, uh, okay. Actually, I haven't. But anyway, um, so I have this dream where I am preaching, and I'm struggling to find my notes, and my notes are all in disarray, hmm. and I can't figure out what I'm saying, so I'm, I'm looking frantically down at my notes and trying to rearrange them and trying to figure out what I'm saying, and then every once in a while I, I look up and I see people are sort of leaving. They're leaving the sanctuary, and then I go back to my notes and I'm scrambling trying to figure out what I'm going to say, and then I look up and then everybody is gone, oh, man. and I am there in the sanctuary all by myself. Self. Oh man! <laughs> do you think that that has something to do with anxiety about preaching or something? Well, I'm no expert, but absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so there is a good kind of preaching pressure that we should probably just touch on very briefly. Um, you know what I'm talking about when I mean good pressure? Well, yeah, I think so. I mean, I feel it. Uh, like Paul said, "Woe to me if I don't preach the gospel." And uh, I feel the weight of, of preaching the Word of God accurately, uh, speaking on His behalf, pastoring people well. Um, I, I just feel there's a, there's a holiness, a gravitas, a weight to that work, which we should, we should feel. I hope we feel. Yeah, we, we want to do it with excellence, with the, the personality and the skills that God has given us, but uh, it deserves our very best. And so, in that sense, that's, that's a good pressure. Yeah. But then there's bad pressure. Okay. There's uh, the fear, the anxiety, the uh, stress, sometimes the terror. Yeah. Um, that's not good. I don't think the Lord wants us to live underneath that kind of burden of preaching. Yeah, when bad pressures happen to good preachers. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Sounds like a great book. Um, oh, go ahead. Well, I was just when this brings to mind a, a pressure that I always— uh, often feel when I'm preparing is first I feel like uh, I have nothing to say. I'm going to have mm. nothing to say. I don't know why I have this text. I don't, I don't know why I'm their preacher. And then, oddly enough, late in the game after I've done some exegesis and prayer and and begun to put the message together, now and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have too many things to say. I'm never going to be able to say them all. Yes. So it's completely irrational. Uh, all of this this pressure is not of the Lord, we can say. So uh, the first pressure I want to explore today with you, Kevin, is the pressure of trying to accomplish too much in one sermon. Um, We just have a burden on our hearts. We have this text, and we just feel like we got to cram a lifetime worth of wisdom into a 30- or 40-minute sermon. You ever experienced that before? 
Well, absolutely. Uh, in fact, I, I I felt it so much that I actually ultimately changed my approach to preaching. Here's what I mean. I used to feel that if I was preaching a certain text, for example, this week I'm up with Matthew 2—excuse uh, me, Matthew 11, verses 2 to 15, about John the Baptist being in prison and asking if Jesus is the Messiah. I would have felt in prior days in my preaching that I had to preach every major theme within that text. Yes. So those 13, 14 verses, if there's— say, two or three major ideas, I'm going to preach them all because I need to do justice to this text. Well, I ultimately felt like I was constantly cramming to get all of that done in a message. And then I read Andy Stanley's book, Communicating for a Change, in which he argues pretty passionately that every sermon should really have one idea. Yes. And then I realized, you know, that's how I was originally taught, Haddon Robinson, one big idea. Um, and so I, I realized I'd gotten away from that. And so now, if if I see two or three or four big ideas in a text, I choose one. Yes. And boy, has that made I think my preaching better. But it's also reduced that stress that I've I've so often had. Yeah. Um, I think that sometimes we need to lower our expectations for one sermon, what we can accomplish in one sermon. Um, and uh, Bible commentaries are great. But a sermon is not a Bible commentary. You don't have to cover every facet and in and out of the text. And so uh, I love to think—it's um, helpful to me to think like a filmmaker, you know, that okay. there are going to be—every sermon I preach, there will be extra scenes that didn't get into the film. So I just think—I think mentally, I, I really go through this and think, well, that's just going to be on another DVD— That'll be on the extra scenes DVD that people won't probably won't get to hear this yep. sermon, but uh, to just keep it simple in what I can accomplish in one sermon. Um, Kevin, there's another type of preacher uh, preaching pressure, um, which is I need to be like preacher X. Oh my gosh, the. Um, feeling that if only I could preach like so-and-so, my people would love me, I would unlock the biblical text, and uh, the Lord would finally be pleased with my preaching. Yeah. That's a little bit of an exaggeration, but have you ever struggled with something like that? Oh my gosh, yeah, well, preacher envy. But, um, you know, I, I feel like my preacher envy was not on one person. It was even more unattainable. It was this composite of the best features of multiple preachers. Ah. So I, I wanted the the humor and the comedic timing and psychological insight of a John Ortberg, and then I wanted the artistic depth and and uh, probing insight of a Mark Buchanan, and then I wanted the emotional resonance of an E.V. Hill, and I and I was like, no, not even those folks had all those things. No, yeah, <laughs> you know. And I and I finally I was really persuaded by um, this study we did at Leadership Journal way back in the day. Uh, we kept running into preachers who said, you know, really, my best gift is preaching. I, I really think I'm above average in preaching. And we realized 90% of preachers cannot be above average in preaching. This is, like, is statistically impossible. So we did kind of a a study to try to get at that. And so we sent preachers uh, an evaluation so they could evaluate their own preaching. And then we sent to three or five parishioners an evaluation of their preacher's preaching. And we matched them up, and we expected it to say— that the result was going to be the parishioners rated their preacher a lot lower than the preacher himself or herself did, 
and the storyline was going to be you're not as great as you think you are. It was the exact opposite. The the people in the pew rated their preacher higher than the preacher rated himself or herself. Yeah. And the reason is is because they don't hear you like some distant media personality. They hear you as their pastor. You were there the night their mom died. You yeah. were there when their kid was getting into drugs. You were there. And they they need that pastoral voice. So I really believe you are the best preacher for your people. I love that. That's a big core value of of mine as well and just encouraging and coaching other preachers is you are the best person for your congregation. I used to struggle with Tim Keller envy, especially with my church out on Long Island where everybody was listening to Tim Keller. And um, one of the things the Lord really had to do in my life, and it really took a spiritual breakthrough. There was no technique I could learn. The Lord had to intervene and release me from the grip of envy, preacher mm. envy, yeah. and um, help me discover my unique voice and my contribution to the body of Christ and my contribution to my particular church. Yeah. And that really freed me up from the the bad pressure of trying to be like somebody else. Um, let's talk about one other bad, or two other bad pressures. Okay. Um, so number three is, I might say something stupid, or inadequate, or incomplete, or I may be misunderstood, or I may be exegetically imprecise. Um, it just depends on your cultural context. That ever happened to you? I, I've had that anxiety a lot. More like in telling a joke, I might say something that is borderline uh, offensive, um, or uh, or I just some a word slips out of my mouth that is offensive. Yeah. <laughs> and but I finally have gotten to the point where it's like you know if that happens, I stop, I apologize, and I move on. Yeah. Um, and actually, it hasn't happened to me like that. But I have often had moments where, as I'm preparing a sermon, I am worried about the matter of offense. For example, if I'm preaching about the sanctity of marriage and the teaching of Jesus, I'm, I'm acutely aware that there are people divorced, suffered divorce throughout my congregation, that there are singles who would love to be married. When I preach about money, I'm acutely aware there are people there of high and low income. There are financial planners who actually work all day with money and help people to accumulate money. And I, I do wrestle with that, like, wow, I want to preach the gospel, but I also want to do it in a way that they can hear it. Yeah, that's really good. You know, a simple truth has really helped me with this, and that is simply um, the fear that my sermon will be inadequate, accepting that it will be inadequate. <laughs> Strangely enough, frees me up. It, it is going to be inadequate. I mean, it's just... It comes through me, and I'm imperfect, and it comes through words, and they can't capture all the glory of a biblical text, you know? And so I, it is going to be inadequate, And so, but the Lord has promised to use inadequate things. I believe that's a kind of a major theme in Scripture, right? God uses inadequate people. Yeah. Well, you know, I have this prayer from Martin Luther. He felt the exact same way. Yeah. And so I have it in my sermon notes, and I can't remember it word for word, but it's kind of like— Lord, I want to preach well. I want to glorify your name, but you know that I'm just going to kind of mess it up, and I won't. I won't do well. Yeah. Would, would you help this sermon go well for your glory? Sounds yeah. exactly the way Martin Luther would have said it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is good. So, 
Preachers, just be free to preach inadequate sermons and accept it. You know, one thing that uh, just kind of wrapping here, Matt, that struck me as you've been talking through the pressures is that the good pressures are the kind that focus us back on God yes. and the power of the Word of God, like, like, wow, this is a sacred task. And the bad pressures are really focusing on ourselves. Our attention is, will people like me? Yes. You know, am I going to be uh, good enough and okay and applauded and accepted? And and so uh, those are the pressures that I think we need to work on through prayer and, and confession and yeah. conversations like this. Well, and that is, preaching really is uh, a wonderful source of spiritual formation for the preacher, in which we face our idolatries, we face our insecurities, we face our weaknesses, and... Uh, so just bring those to the Lord and let Him deal with those. Yeah. Um, one more, real quick, that I want to deal with is the. It's related to number three, but it's I may hurt or offend my hearers. Oh, okay, that's like where a, I thought you were going with the last one when I was talking about the, a pastoral issue of. Let's say you're preaching on a sensitive topic or just anything. You're preaching on marriage. Um, divorced people might be hurt, or right. single people, or. So we, we just care about our people, and we don't want to hurt them. So how do, how do, have you ever had that? How do you deal with that? Well, I do think about uh, folks in my church, and I think, how could I say this in a way that they could hear it? Yeah. Um, and so I don't want to in any way uh, diminish the gospel. The gospel is the gospel, and sometimes it's a stumbling block. But I, I really do want to preach it to the best of my ability in a way that they could hear it. So one thing I, you know, I try to think about, how, how could I say this so that I can at least acknowledge the deep pain involved? Yeah. Um, so, you know, like if, if I were in Malachi about, you know, God hates divorce, I would be something like, well, God hates divorce because he hates what it does to divorced people. Right. And if you've been divorced here, you know that better than anyone. That's great. Then, you know, yeah. so I can at least say, look, I love you, and yeah. I'm not here to get at you. I'm here to help you. Yeah. And just another thing I found, when people come and maybe they're upset or they're angry, just be really humble and just take it and just say, you know, I may, I may have said that incorrectly, so I want to hear from you. Um, how could I have said that better to people in your situation? And that just instantly diffuses it, and it gives you a great connection with your people as well. So, Kevin, I, I love your thought that uh, this bad pressure just forces us back on ourselves, our performance, our resources, our effort, and uh, the good pressure of just uh, knowing that God is in this, the Holy Spirit is leading us, the Holy Spirit is speaking to our people, and He is at work, and we can rest and trust in that. Thanks for joining us on Monday Morning Preacher. Hope you can join us in our next episode.